0: now and again is brought to you by the cage club Podcasting network for all things cage keanu and more head on over to cageclub.me that is cageclub.me it's the first half of 2000 the final peanut strip runs following the death of charles schultz Eminem releases the marshall mathers lp ilian gonzalez is a thing that happened and this is now and again volume four side a Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. It's the Now and Again podcast, and this is Now and Again, Volume 4. And with us today is the co-founder of the Cage Club Podcasting Network. It's Mike Manzi.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: How are you on this fine November (laughs) evening?
1: Pretty good. Uh, Go Cubs, right?
0: (laughs) Yes. So, actually, this won't even come out until uh, December, but we are basking in the afterglow of... Um, of the Cubs World Series victory. Um, we're, yeah. we're, we're riding a high before we elect Donald Trump as president and we all die. Exactly.
1: We're in like this golden week of, um, you know, what's what's going to happen. No one knows. Let's just, you know, we have this week <laughs> to ourselves yeah. at least. It's nice. So, yeah, this so is it's, cool though.
0: If you are listening to this episode, uh, it means that we're not all dead because this is the December episode. Uh, so, hooray, we did it. We made it a little farther than... I expected us to.
1: All right. Let the war on Christmas begin.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. I hope so. I'm, I'm actually in the, uh, the army that <laughs> wages the war on Christmas. I say happy holidays to people. I slap their Starbucks cups out of their hands, things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm gearing up to, to be shipped uh, into the deepest, darkest parts of Oklahoma to really ramp up the war on Christmas this year.
1: <laughs> well, Godspeed, my friend.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Now Volume 4 dropped in the summer of 2000. So where are you in, uh, in the summer of 2000?
1: Let's see. I'm, uh, I think I was crawling out of my Y2K bunker and just, you know, making sure the air was clean and everything. Uh, because I remember back then that was hilarious. Everyone was on edge about Y2K.
0: That's a plot point in one of these music videos that we will get to Ooh. next episode, I believe. Or maybe even this episode. Who knows? We don't know where we decide to stop it. It's all about where we, uh, how much we talk about our Britney Spearses and our Backstreet Boys.
1: <laughs> I think at this point I had just attempted my first run at community college. I had graduated high school in 97. So you can calculate my age that way, if you, if you care to, and I might, I was thinking about that, I might, we might be going further back than we ever have on Now and Again, because, um, basically, was born and raised in the 80s, born in 79, raised in the 80s, I figure 85 to 95 were, like, that, that formative decade of influence there, but in 2000, um, yeah, it was just, like, kind of not really doing too much, to be quite honest, I was part-time jobs, I don't know, most of my friends were away at college, Uh, I definitely wasn't listening to pop music, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Coming out of high school, um, I had sort of sworn off popular music for a while Mm -hmm. and, you know, dug backwards in time to find, you know, better music and influences and, and stuff like that. So, like, wherever I was, I definitely wasn't checking out this stuff.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask that if you were if you were in college if you were aware of the pop stuff at the time because it was such in the, the zeitgeist, you know, with the were you at least aware of of the backstreets and the britneys?
1: Oh. oh yeah, yeah, like it was always there. I mean, it's unavoidable. I mean, I wasn't like living under a rock in a cave on Mars or anything like that. Like I was aware of all of it. I just kind of rejected it in mm. a big way. Um this also kind of felt like a second wave of Of stuff to me. Like, I had seen a lot of this before in the 80s with, um, like, Backstreet Boys, you know, and NSYNC, that whole thing. I remember, like, New Kids on the Block, and New Edition, and all of that. Like, that's where I was coming from. So, I just kind of felt like I had kind of outgrown this stuff, or it just didn't appeal to me. I was, I spent a lot of my high school years getting into, like, punk rock and ska music, and oldies, and 50s stuff. So, yeah, like, I wouldn't have really been into Backstreet Boys at this point.
0: That's interesting. Um, so this is the first episode I've done where I'm the the younger commentator on an episode, mm. so it's it's a little interesting. I was of the age where like I could be aware. I was about five years old uh, when New Kids on the Block was happening, so like I knew of it, but I, it wasn't a thing that I, I liked or uh, probably wasn't allowed to listen to it, I don't know. But I certainly knew, I think they even had like, everything had a... A cartoon. I think the new kids on the yes. block might have had a cartoon, which I think is they why did. I remember it. Um, mm-hmm. But stuff like uh, Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, I wasn't as aware of until much later in my life. But so you lived through all of that the first time. That's yeah. really cool.
1: Yeah. I okay. So I'm the youngest of four. I have a half brother who's eleven years older. I have a brother who's four years older and a sister who's two years older. And I had I was dragged along to a new kids on the block concert and a Debbie Gibson concert, the Electric Youth Tour. I mean, it was insane. I, I wasn't really into that stuff, but I, I was a kid, and it was catchy.
0: Any memories of those shows?
1: Yeah, just um, the New Kids on the Block show, we were sort of, like, on a lower level. It was just super dark and screaming. Like, you couldn't hear the music at all. It was just girls screaming, like, crazy. It, could, it really was, like, kind of frightening. Um, the Debbie That's Gibson yeah it was really bizarre. I remember my dad took my sister and a bunch of her friends and uh, and myself because I guess we had the extra ticket and it was at the Meadowlands arena and it was like chaotic. It was just you know a sea of teeny bopper girls just like as far as the eye could see.
0: I could imagine that the the teen girls shrieking at the band is a thing that Never changed. I mean, it happens with Bieber and and One Direction. It happened mm-hmm. with Backstreet and Sync. I I don't know why I was surprised it happened with New Kids on the Block. You know, pop music is a flat circle.
1: Right, right. And it also kind of felt I was sitting there like this is sort of pointless though because you can't even hear them. <laughs> but I I didn't understand that the girls didn't care necessarily yeah. about hearing it. It was a whole different perspective. The Debbie Gibson concert was much different. It was much more of like a I don't know, like a family feel to it, like a family vibe, I'd say. I don't know. She put on a better show, too. You could hear what was going on, costume changes, we had better seats. That was a better experience.
0: I'm curious what venue that was, because I know that they were doing, like, mall tours at the time, but I imagine this was in a real venue. Yeah, that was,
1: I think that was Giant Stadium. Well, There there are two separate. There's the arena, and then there's the football stadium. I don't know if the arena's even still in use, but.
0: I don't, I think it's only for concerts anymore. I think that was the, it's not the Prudential Center, but it's where like the Devils and the Nets played back in the day. I think that, that might have been called the Brendan Byrne Arena at the time. Um, Yeah, yeah, oh, I haven't heard that name in a long time. I think that's what that was. I think I went to go see some wrestling there when I was nine or ten, probably some Devils games. Anyway, this is getting, uh, (laughs) it's actually not getting that far off topic because our first song is Larger Than Life by the Backstreet Boys. So how did you feel about the song, you know, with your deep background as a youngster loving New Kids on the Block? uh, How was it to see the second coming of that, or at least come back to it?
1: Backstreet Boys, they're no stranger to Now and Again, as I've heard. They're they're quite popular on the volume series. But it just didn't, I don't know, these guys just didn't pack the same punch for me. I don't know. There was nothing, like, risky about them, whereas, like, the New Kids on the Block were all from... Like the south side of Boston, apparently, or at least that's what their image was telling you. And there was like an edge to them, sort of. Even though they danced in unison, there was still something kind of bad boy about them. And I never really got that from the Backstreet Boys, even though their name implies that they're from the back streets. Right. You know, I figured they're hanging out, what, like doing doo-up in the alleyways? Yeah, um.
0: I guess that's a good point. They're certainly not the Warriors, they're much more. Uh, like '50s versions of crooners, slicking back their hair and just snapping in the streets.
1: Yeah, and I guess at this time, I, I if I had to choose, I would have to come down on one side of the fence. I'm going in sync. I mean, just for Timberlake alone, but I just feel like they had more character, and I don't know, there was more appeal visually going on than that. And I, this song too just feels a little too. Um, and i and this isn 't going to be the only song on this volume, but it feels like industrial like you know what i'm saying like industrial dance like it almost feels like the the sounds they 're using to create the beat and everything is a little harsher than I would expect from from a pop band
0: I could see that some of the sounds basically sound like someone is uh banging on like a pipe mm-hmm. I, like that 's the percussion it it doesn 't sound like instruments all the time you 're right it 's like synthy and then banging on a trash can, drumming on a streetlight.
1: Yeah, and did I read that this was written by one of the Backstreet Boys or something? Or I was trying to go in a little deeper, do some deep background into some of the history of these songs if I could, and I thought I read something like that, that the, one of the Backstreet Boys, like, this was all all his something? I don't know.
0: If you right. may have. I don't do a ton of research uh, okay. deep into, into that. Uh, it is the 14th most expensive music video ever made coming in at $2.1 million, which I don't know where that money went to, because this is a uh, like sci-fi channel original level CGI, and I know that it's 16 years ago, but it's still bad for the time.
1: Yeah, this director, like, I feel like he saw the remake of Lost in Space and was like, I'm a sci-fi fan, I know what like, it's all about. Or yeah. like, It's just so bizarre, this video. I don't even know where to start. Well, maybe with that, like... Robot thing that wakes the Backstreet Boys up from like cryo freeze on their star destroyer.
0: Yeah, it's definitely doing like kind of an aliens thing with the the cryo sleep and the the waking up, and then they all have different jobs on the ship because they all they all have to have different identities. We've been over that. Is that every Backstreet needs to be doing a different thing in a video until they all come together to dance?
1: Yeah, but is, are they doing they're doing their jobs? Like I couldn't well, tell if they were playing virtual you know, surfing games or testing each other or being put through some kind of like trial or was it all a cryo dream? It was so strange and confusing. And then at one point they all just kind of give up and start dancing in the Mm -hmm. uh, cargo hold.
0: I wrote down what each of them are doing uh, and the best way that I thought I could describe it for the listeners who may not uh, watch the video. Uh, Nick reprises his role as an anime from a the the video, the previous video, where he is doing up an anime thing. He's dressed as a a Gundam, I believe the kids would call it. Um,
1: Oh, is that the yellow dancing robot? Yes. That is, like, the robot doing the robot. I mean,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we questioned when he was doing the anime stuff in the last video if he actually liked anime or if that's just kind of the identity they gave him, and I was on the side of him just like that. They were like, oh, yeah, you like this Dragon Ball shit that the kids like, but now I kind of think... He does like the anime, and he's pushing to be the anime guy in this band.
1: Oh, that's that's kind of adorable because I anime agree. anime isn't like a mainstream thing, you know. So it's kind of funny how he's like, I'm gonna kind of subvertly sneak in one of my likes to like my fans, and maybe more fans will watch anime because because of me and like I'll, I'll you know I'll get the word out about anime through Backstreet Boys somehow. That's kind of that's kind of fun.
0: If. In eighth grade, more of my friends knew that one of the Backstreet Boys liked anime. I probably wouldn't have had to sit through so many goddamn episodes of Dragon Ball Z. Oh,
1: man. I'm kind of a fan of that show, but (laughs) I hear you nonetheless.
0: Kevin is the pilot. He has a real job, seemingly. He's shooting some stuff, and he's uh, in his little Star Wars uh, rotating gunship thing. Brian is playing Blitzball with a real doll. Is the only way that I could describe that uh, <laughs> some sort of futuristic sports game with a plastic-looking babe. AJ is in Cerebro.
1: That's insane. He's like that. He's like hooked up like Doctor Octopus to this yeah. like brain computer or something. Like, what is that? Is
0: that symbolic?
1: Like, what is he no, feel trapped not... in his role as a Backstreet Boy?
0: <laughs> well, it is interesting because this song is clearly like a thank you to the fans. Like, it's entirely about without you guys we wouldn't exist, which I I can appreciate when a pop band acknowledges that. So is it symbolic of him being trapped in this? I mean, if there's any song to not do that in, it's probably this one.
1: <laughs> but maybe the director's on a different page. They don't all seem to be <laughs> gelling here for me. But
0: Maybe he just didn't want to do a whole lot of stuff, so he was just like, yeah, you know, put me in front of a, a green screen and I'll scream a bunch, and then you you guys figure it out.
1: Yeah, I can see that. This looks like it could have been exhausting.
0: And, uh, finally, Howie is, he's wearing a cricket uniform and doing Jamiroquai's virtual insanity video.
1: <laughs> yeah, doesn't he kind of, he kind of looks like Jamiroquai a little too, I thought, without the hat? Is he's that doing, what
0: yeah, he's doing the slide around the room dancing, and, uh, I, I can't believe this cost $2.1 million when they're just standing in front of blue screens. I, is, is CGI that expensive? At the time, probably. I
1: mean, isn't this, this is like, well, this is post-Matrix, but isn't this pre-prequels? Or this is right around the first prequel and stuff? So I could see people just wanting to binge on special effects with their budget. Sure. And I think this is like where we were uh, at 2000. Um,
0: I think we're about a year after The Phantom Menace. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, and that doesn't even, you know, stand the test of time too well, that movie. I mean, yeah, CG is crazy, like, in instances like this, and it's music, video, you know, they have to turn these things around fast, so it feels almost like they got a little too, their eyes were too big for their stomach, yeah, before you know it, you spend that much money.
0: Yeah, in the year of our Lord 2016, if you asked someone to give us $2 million for a music video, you would be laughed out of... You'd be laughed <laughs> off of Earth, pretty much. Like, uh, There was a very specific time period when that could happen. It was like, Michael Jackson, Puff Daddy, Boy Band Wars. Like, that's when the music mm-hmm. video was a million-dollar industry, and probably never again will we see that.
1: Yeah, they had to get, like, real creative to... Breakthrough of music videos. I mean, you got guys like David Fincher directing music videos back in the day, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they were almost art projects before they became these kind of like big blockbuster statements to a degree. And that's what it feels like. It's almost like, you know, they wanted to make a mini blockbuster summer film or something in right. a music video. But I don't know. You can't just cram that all into four minutes, it's overwhelming.
0: The thing is, this is the first Backstreet Boys song we've had on here that I've kind of enjoyed, because it wasn't just like, I'm such a nice guy, love me, please love me. It, it's not that interesting, it's just a thank you to the fans, but... Overall, I like this song a lot more than I've liked any other Backstreet Boys song. It still comes in pretty much behind every NSYNC song, but...
1: Yeah, I I, I like this more than their ballad stuff. I mean, I'd say my... if I had to pick a favorite Backstreet song, it's Backstreet's Back there's just like something I don't know I think that's one of their later ones too right I, I, I think that's think actually earlier that is earlier yeah and I, don't, we're not gonna, I don't know my chronology at all
0: well that's understandable uh, but that has the best video too that's where they're all universal monsters I am hoping that at some point we can go backwards from now one and like hmm. do now zero and negative one just kind of make our own compilations and that's one I really want to get to because um, that's a great video
1: yeah, and I, 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 what I do like about this is it's catchy in the sense that it's kind of chanty in a way. Like it's just very repetitive and repetitive and you know, they just keep repeating the same stuff over and over. And and that's not that's not bad, you know. It's catchy. And so I give them I give them that it sticks in your ear. I was kind of walking around saying larger than life a couple times making coffee this week.
0: Simpler times, uh, stranger times, Britney times. Next song oh, is yeah. You Drive Me Crazy by Miss Britney Spears. I have a very clear memory of this song. Do you?
1: I kind of... Not not super clear, but I have a memory of this song. Definitely. Um, I, I, I liked Britney. I was a closet Britney fan, <laughs> I have to say. Nice. like, um, I wasn't so much into Christina. You know, I knew... Even though some people said she was the more talented one, whatever that means. I mean, I think they just said that she had a better voice. But I kind of liked... The Britney Attitude a little more, and I liked her style a little more. And I liked her songs actually, I thought they were kind of fun. Um, and this I knew from the movie, right? It's from like some movie or something yes. with Melissa Joan Hart. Like, I remember that.
0: And uh, the guy who played Aquaman on um, uh, Entourage, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: He's, I, I hate Entourage, so I don't actually, uh, I just know that he was the guy <laughs> who played Aquaman.
1: Uh, you don't know, like Lloyd and Ari and the gang and Turtle? and.
0: <laughs> I don't like like pure strain bro shot directly into my veins.
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan either. Um, but I am a fan of Brit. I like her then, I like her now. You know, she go... I was with her when she shaved her head and went nuts and married all of her friends for a day or whatever <laughs> that <laughs> whole phase was, you know, yes. but she had... She settled down, she became a mom, and now she's got, like, her tenure in Vegas. Like, good for her, you know? Yep. I mean, she battled, and I feel like she won.
0: I agree, yeah. She, you know, in the long line of ch- of Child Stars, thought it looked like she was going to burn out instead of Fade Away, but she just came back stronger. I think she actually has a song about that.
1: I keep forgetting she's Mickey Mouse Club, right? Like, with Ryan Gosling and all Justin that. Justin
0: Timberlake, Yeah, she's,
1: yeah. That was that was kind of weird. <laughs> Disney was cultivating this farm of you know preteen superstars, soon to be's,
0: and they're still doing that today, except probably harder and probably more. I think they're probably using and spitting them out harder and faster.
1: Oh, as I discovered while doing all his movies, the Shia LaBeouf podcast, also on the Cage Club Podcast Network, that. I didn't realize Shia came from Disney. That he was in the Even Stevens show, that oh, was okay. on the Disney Channel. So he was another one that that came out of the factory.
0: Yeah, see, I'm I, I, I'm sure that you missed all of the Disney Channel, and much like I'm sure you missed a lot of these videos when they came out. Um, I was also like too old for the Disney Channel. Like it came out, I wasn't there, so I don't know any of that stuff. Uh, yeah, I had no idea that Shia was a, a Disney Channel guy.
1: And Brittany. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Well, I guess I guess the Mickey Mouse Club must have been on. I guess the Disney Channel just wasn't a thing that I had. I had Nickelodeon as like, as a kid. I didn't know yeah, the Disney Channel t- until like it ha- started having uh, like Hannah Montana and stuff. But by then, I was way too old.
1: Yeah, I just remember it being a hard to get channel as a kid. Like my parents had to pay extra for it, so we never did that or anything. But you know, Mickey Mouse Club has been around since the dawn of TV, like a net and all that. You know. Oh, yeah, um, and then, I definitely... Yeah, da, da. yeah, like, it's crazy how far back it all goes, the tradition.
0: I definitely remember, like, the songs being songs that I knew as a little kid, you know, like the M-I-C-K, like that, I think, yeah. I guess that was just like a Disney standard, and I had heard mm-hmm. that, but, like, I'd never seen the show.
1: Yeah, I remember there were some knockoffs, like Kids Incorporated and stuff like that that tried to give you the same vibe, <laughs> but what about this video, though, like... It does this weird thing where it doesn't want to commit to being a video with like clips of the film, but it has the actors in the video for some reason.
0: I don't understand the waitress thing. I, are there waitresses <laughs> in the movie, or did they decide to be sexy waitresses for some reason? I don't get it.
1: And they're in. I thought so. I watched this video a few times because I was confused about that, and it it almost feels like they're filming a movie about waitresses, and she's singing backstage because she's like sitting at like a makeup chair at one point taking off her costume i thought or it's confusing though i don't give you that much i don't think there's any reason except that maybe the director was like you'd look hot in a waitress outfit
0: yeah i think that's probably the the full extent uh i think they had a checklist and they were like school girl did it waitress don't know why that's on there did it catsuit that's next um so yeah I, i imagine all of that is probably correct
1: Uh, I I mean, is this her follow-up to um, the, what was her first one?
0: Baby uh, One More Time?
1: Yeah, is this the second big hit that she had after Baby One More Time?
0: It's the second big dance hit. She had a ballad called Sometimes in Between that is uh, very forgettable, but this one is definitely uh, the next big hit she had. It scratches off a lot of um, what would be probably on the Now and Again video bingo list. It's got some chair dancing. uh, It's got a record scratch. It's got unnecessary boobage. Yeah,
1: that record scratch is funny.
0: Everyone stops and looks around like someone dropped a drink at a party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and all of the um all of most of these videos just around this time too and in this volume, they all seem to have just like kind of this lazy samey choreography where one guy is standing in the front and then he just has like his crew around him thriller style. I mean, it doesn't seem I mean, it's weird. Like you said, like it feels like a thing they had to check off. Like, okay, make sure she's dancing in front of her crew. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's a dance song, and you got to be able to dance to it and show that, but I don't know. If you're trying to tell like a story through your video, it's weird for them to all just stop and dance at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how much they were actually trying to tell a story through the video. I I imagine something like this was, we've got some choreographed dance sequences... And then we've got this like you've got served moment where like b boys that we hired will just dance at each other and and uh, and then we're gonna take some b roll of the people from the movie and fuck it we're gonna edit it together and hopefully something happens.
1: God forbid they actually did something based on the song or anything you know drive me crazy. It could have been like a cool video about you know Britney and like a, like pursuing someone like a yeah. guy that drives her crazy and maybe drives her over the edge and like
0: car chase. She could have been in like a a sexy, like, race car driver uniform or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I just prefer the music videos that show you what the song is about, you know, kind of translate what they meant by the, by what they're singing. But, I don't know, that's like half the music videos, maybe. You know, you either get these ones that are incoherent, or you get ones that try to tell a story.
0: Definitely. But there is a moment that I have never forgotten uh, from when I was a small child of about 13 and saw this music video for the first time there is a moment during the dance scene where like the music kind of slows down and she does this thing where she bends over to the camera and gives the most gratuitous cleavage shot we will probably get from a lead performer in a music video on now and again and (laughs) I never forgot that moment like I said I was like 13 when I saw it the first time you were a grown ass man uh, and you understood how your body worked. I did I did not when this video came out. Uh, and I feel like people who are my age also, uh, that's a very memorable moment. Were you surprised how much, like, gratuitousness was kind of there? Because everything slows down for the boob shot in this video. It is the centerpiece.
1: I mean, absolutely. I, mean, I was shocked from, you know, the moment... That she was a first on screen with her first video, just to how sexually charged, and you know, how much they're selling her as a sex object. I just thought, like, I, I didn't realize how close we were in age. Actually, I felt like I couldn't look at her that way. I felt she was so much younger than me at the time. But mm. realizing now that we're not really that far apart in age, I, I don't know. Like, kitty, like I don't want to say kitty porn or anything like that, but like because she wasn't that young or anything. But it just, it just kind of. I don't know, rubbing the wrong way. I just felt like they shouldn't have marketed her that way, but I totally understood why. I mean, it was the late 90s. I mean, sex was selling everything. Yeah,
0: and every video had to have some kind of video babe in it, whether it was a song by a girl or by a guy. And she she is the video babe of her videos because she's Britney Spears.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I think that was something new, too, because even with, like, the Tiffany's and the Debbie Gibson's and stuff, like, they never were this sexually charged or at least like she's her own video babe like that's <laughs> i think like that was like a new thing like a phenomenon and also caught people off guard so they're like oh she's she could do everything she's like you know she sings she dances she could be you know she looks amazing like she's just like the total package
0: yeah in in the the 80s when like MTV was in its full swing the video babes were like in like hair metal videos or Duran Duran videos. Like, that's where you got the real gratuitous, like, bikini babes strutting around in mm-hmm. front of the camera and stuff like that. But not in pop. Yeah, like,
1: yeah, like, Cherry Pie, like, crawling mm-hmm. on a Lamborghini and stuff. It right. was always associated with, right, like, the sort of edgier, more dangerous, like, rock and roll, hard rock yeah, stuff. Yeah, like hot for teacher. And, right, like, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But you never thought of, like, sex, drugs, and, you know, pop music,
0: really. No. No. <laughs> No, well, hey, we we're kicking into that field for sure. Any other thoughts about "Crazy" by Britney Spears?
1: No, I think it's good. It's consistent. Like I like again, like I like her better when she's doing these high-energy dance songs. I don't really go for her ballad stuff either, so much. Even as much a fan as I am, I, I just kind of stuck to to her hits and things. And yeah, I like this one. I think it's a good addition.
0: It's kinda of weird seeing Melissa Joan Hart. I mean I know she was like Clarissa Explains It All, but like now that she's um like a super Christian conservative crazy person. She was, is? Oh she, yeah, she, she was in I didn't know that. She was in God's Not Dead Two. Um but
1: she was a witch on T V.
0: She I bet she hated every minute of that. Or maybe she didn't no, have no. her like second coming yet. She was just Right, well that's
1: what I mean. Like maybe that's the f- converted her. She's, like, feeling sinful of all that.
0: <laughs> she was just headlining a uh, a Gary Johnson rally.
1: Oh, boy. With Kirk Cameron? Like, were they hanging together? <laughs> doing a fathom events?
0: I, I don't know if she is at Kirk Cameron level, but she's, okay. she certainly is, is probably upset with the fact that she talks to a, a black cat for most of her youth.
1: I think this was her one movie too. I don't really think she went on to be like a quote unquote movie star so much. She just had like her hits on TV.
0: Was she in Can't Hardly Wait? Um, she certainly wasn't the star, but I feel like she was the girl who was trying to get her yearbook signed by everyone. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. true. Yeah,
1: yeah, like that is a who's who type of film. You gotta check that out.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great one. Maybe I'm actually gonna back pocket that for the recommendations. Crazy, Britney Spears. uh, Good song. Uh, Also, very has that kind of um, not percussion, percussion.
1: Yeah, but works better than that Backstreet Boys song for some reason. Maybe because they're back to back on the list that I'm hearing them next to each other. I I just prefer the Britney version. (laughs) It shows that that stuff could work. You know, you don't need real instruments per se. You could just like bang a garbage can (laughs) if you needed to make like music concrete.
0: Well, uh, the next song is definitely a song, and it's I Need to Know by Mark Anthony. We've talked about the Latin, uh, the Latin explosion on this show before, uh, and this is like the least interesting parts of all of that. Um, it doesn't have, like, the, the thirsty quality that Enrique Iglesias' songs have, and it doesn't have that, like, fun, spontaneous, almost campy quality that Ricky Martin's songs has. This is, like, <laughs> Latin American adult contemporary, and it sucks.
1: Hmm. Uh, I kind of like this song. Oh, go, geez, no, this, <laughs> I don't No. This... I, I don't know much of, of their work. Um, the Latin explosion, I'm not too familiar with it, but I don't know. This song in particular is kind of groovy and catchy. <laughs> but, but well, it's definitely it's, it's 95% it's de- chorus. Yeah, that's true. It's very repetitive. Maybe I've just got a thing for repetitive songs. Uh, but you're right in the sense that this is definitely like adults night at the, well, not mm. adult night, but like it's parent night at the nightclub. It, that's what it seems like to me in the video where it's like, this is music for parents that have kids and don't get, don't get out too much and like put this on with a glass of wine and you know. <laughs> light a fire in the living room when their kids are at sleepovers.
0: 35-year-old single ladies, some of them are divorcees, they're going out to the club and going to have a couple of glasses of wine, and, like, this is their jam.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's weird that there were some, I don't know, it's weird that, like, Ricky Martin, Enrique, Mark Anthony, it's like when it rains it pours, I guess. I didn't realize it was, like, the same way, like, it was with boy bands, you know, that... Mm-hmm. That you had like all like that this was such a such a genre at the time. Like it was t- I totally missed this. I knew he'd married J Lo though, right?
0: Well there you go, I was just gonna say it's not even the only uh Latin Explosion artist on this one. We're gonna get to J Lo later, and yes, they were married at some point, which is weird because Mark Anthony I wouldn't say, especially in comparison to like Ricky Martin or Enrique Iglesias, like he's kind of a weird looking dude.
1: Yeah, he's not, like, a handsome dude. Like, traditionally, like, you you know, there's no chiseled looks. Like, he definitely gets over with his suave. Like, I almost get, like, a prince vibe off him sometimes just mm. by looking at him. Like, he's got this weirdo kind of, like, I don't know. Not, I don't want to say, like, creepy or anything, but I don't know. I just feel like he could he could get you with his personality, not with his looks.
0: He is also tiny, like princes as well. Some of those video babes that he has towers over him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if that factored into a complex somehow.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he's a very funny guy or something, or whatever.
1: <laughs> well, he's a funny actor. Not that much.
0: I know, he is an actor. I mostly remember him as one of, like, the background uh, gangbangers from The Substitute, which is a movie that I absolutely love. It is terrible.
1: <laughs> and I watched that clip on YouTube because I hadn't seen the movie, but I knew him from Hackers. Mm. He's, like, um... They're trying to hack the Gibson, and he's like um, Fisher Stevens' right-hand man. Oh, no, he's like a federal agent. That's it. He's one of the feds that are following the kids around, I think.
0: That's interesting. I would have expected him to still be playing younger at that point.
1: Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't... He's got, like... He's got a look. Like, I'll give him that much, you know? Like, I feel like he should have acted more instead of been a pop star. It's weird. Like, J-Lo's going to go on to become the actor in the family.
0: Yeah, considering he kind of looks like John Wazamo. like I, yeah. I, maybe that's part of why I feel that way.
1: That's not a bad call. I don't know, and he just seems like like in that clip I watched from The Substitute and everything. Like he just seems relaxed on screen, and like he would, I don't know, like he could he could be good in other stuff. So,
0: I think if this song had another verse, it might have been better. But literally, the I, I kept clicking to find out where the song. Like stopped being a song and just became a chorus, and it's it's like two twenty into a three minute and thirty second song, and it's it's just it's just chorus. And then there's the other two choruses before that. So this song, it's just a little repetitive. There's only so many times I could hear him say, "I need to know."
1: Yeah, I hear you. I get that. I mean, what was his other big hit, really? If it wasn't this,
0: this might be it. I don't know this if he had another be- one.
1: Because this is all I really knew him from. Like pretty much. I'd say I, I just about everybody else on this list I had heard at least like two or three other songs from, but not him.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know. Um, I can think of other songs by the Latin Explosion guys, but I can't think of another Mark Anthony song off the top of my head. But who knows? Yeah. We there's some weird shit on these now, as we might get back to him.
1: <laughs> he strikes me more as like a ballad guy too. Now that I think about it, really, like I'm surprised he's doing like this sort of dancey hit, because I, I don't know why, I just kind of get a different vibe from him.
0: I can uh, see that because I have a note that says he doesn't look like he's having fun in the video. Like, I'm not sure yeah. he is actually one of these, like, sex bomb guys that Enrique Iglesias is. I feel like he's uncomfortable in this video.
1: I wonder if he was just, like, a commodity artist in a way where they, like signed him, and he didn't know what he was getting himself into, and, you know, kind of regretted his career at some point, and decided to drop out. I don't know if he's still active at all, or whatever, I don't keep track of him by any means, but, you're right, he doesn't seem to be having a lot of fun.
0: Well, I'm sure he didn't mind being in JLo's los harem, um, who <laughs> would, but, I mean, at the very least, you know, good for him on that one.
1: Well, that kind of felt like a merger of empires, to a degree, but then again, like, where did, it, what empire did he have? Like, where's, hmm... I don't know.
0: No. I don't know. I mean, it, it's entirely possible and I would say probably very likely that he is massive in actual Latin countries and, and there we go. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's the case, though, or else these people wouldn't have crossed over.
1: <laughs> no, I think you're you've yeah, you're entirely right. I think I'm being like entirely completely short sighted and <laughs> we're just kind of focusing on his American sort of success, but you're right, like, this guy must have had incredible worldwide success, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm sure he's big in Japan or whatever, so... <laughs> I'm sure the, most of his hits are, are fully Spanish language, but he... Well, that's you know, the thing, too.
1: Like, he she, he might sing better in his native tongue and stuff. Like, doesn't... Isn't Penelope Cruz, like, a, a, a singer, like, as well? And she, sing, she doesn't sing in English, and she's... I mean, it's it's crazy, like, sometimes that's all it takes if you're you're not singing you know your first language sometimes you you're not as good
0: well I mean preview of another artist we'll get to on now in the not too distant future I like when Shakira sings in Spanish a lot more than when she sings in English because that warble she has is (laughs) not great to listen to (laughs) next up we're moving back to the United States of sexualizing young girls uh, and it's Candy by Mandy Moore I didn't mean to make this pun when I was writing this note down, but like, I accept that I did it. This is the definition of bubblegum pop.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I totally didn't know Mandy Moore whatsoever. Like, you know, Brittany and Christina, yeah, but Mandy, no, I I came to again, she became an actress as well, and I came to know her more from the movie Saved and Southland Tales. (laughs) Um, as bad as that movie is, I thought she's good on screen.
0: Yeah, I think uh, she's very good in Saved uh Walk to Remember. I heard that new show that she has uh mm-hmm. with um Jess from Dawson's uh, not Dawson's Creek from Gilmore Girls. Uh, I don't know the name of it. Apparently that's a very good show that I will never watch. But yeah, I mostly like Mandy Moore, but I don't know any of her songs.
1: Yeah, and this song is kind of just I don't know. It doesn't feel like a song that would have come out at this time. It feels more like an 80s song to me or something, or early 90s. I kind of like that about it, but again, it doesn't really make a deep impression on me so much.
0: It's clearly a different image that they're going for, and this is, I mean, literally, based on the first half of this video, they are going for Girl Next Door versus, like, Sex Bomb Britney Spears,
1: yeah, but dude, you know what's still weird is that the video starts with the camera creeping into her bedroom window, and she's like trying on a bunch of different outfits.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little gross because uh, she looks so much younger than mm-hmm. Christina or Brittany at this time.
1: Brittany just looks young, but has like a older sort of sophistication to her. Like she like she knows what she's doing, but Mandy Moore just feels like she's too young. <laughs> at this point. I mean, she doesn't feel too young to be, like, a pop star, but just too young to be sold as candy.
0: Yeah, oh, man. That, yeah. I didn't even think of the connotations of that. That's absolutely true. But she does seem uncomfortable in this video. Like, when they're doing the choreographed dancing stuff and when she's trying to... When, like, they bring the the camera right up to her face, she looks like she's torn between, like, cute and trying to fake sexy, and I'm sure that's direction. I don't think she's ever going to hit those heights of, like, being... A sex bomb because I don't, I can't name another, like even Jessica Simpson I know is going to be around for a while, and she's kind of the 98 degrees to Britney and and Christina's Backstreet and Sync. Like I don't know where Mandy Moore falls after this. I have no clue.
1: You're totally right too. It's like she's not allowed to smile in this video. You're and she doesn't have that pouty look down at all like she can't pull that off whatsoever they didn't I don't feel like they're letting her express herself being who she wants to be in the way that I'm getting from the other artists we've seen so far like as as crazy as that Backstreet video was like I feel like the Backstreet Boys were like down with that like yeah like let's be in space and all right. this and I'll do something crazy but I don't feel like Mandy Moore was like yeah I'm the kind of girl that gets malts at the burger joint with my friends in the parking lot I don't <laughs> yeah. know I just don't get that vibe from her
0: Yeah, she's not a we're going down to the Sonic kind of girl, I don't think. Uh, I also don't think she's like a try a bunch of clothes on in your bedroom thing. This feels like an old dude who's trying to capitalize on stuff that NSYNC and Britney and Backstreet Boys are doing. Like trying to make something for children and failing spectacularly because they (laughs) don't know that it's 1999, 2000. This song was definitely a thing, but it wasn't the thing. I remember this song. I don't know where Mandy Moore's going after this, though, if anywhere.
1: Yeah, it seems like they tried to create something for the girls that were maybe too young for Britney or Christina,
0: right? Yes. That, like,
1: So the parents felt a little better about buying this instead of that.
0: It seems like she should have been a Disney Channel girl, but was just in that weird <laughs> in-between age between that and being Britney.
1: Yeah, like she missed the cutoff somehow.
0: I uh I don't understand the course of this song. The line I'm missing you like candy is a line that I'm not sure I understand outside of like lent. Like I just I <laughs> I don't know what that means.
1: She lives in a world where candy has been eradicated from the earth, I guess, like and she misses her boyfriend that way. Yeah, I yeah, guess
0: I, so. It's a weird line that um I remember that line in particular. And nothing else. And I think it is because it's so uh, confusing to me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't. I'm not sure that, like, that's the other thing, right? Is, like, meaning kind of adds to the image as well. So when you're just kind of singing nonsense, how are you missing something like a candy? What?
0: You're singing a chorus, and choruses can be simple. Like, that's fine. But a chorus that has nonsense, goo goo talk in it, is just like, what am I doing right now?
1: Yeah, it just further enforces the idea that there's no message here, that it's just, you know, like you said, like pure bubblegum pop.
0: At some point, they have her and some people singing slash choreographed dancing inside of a uh, an empty pool that is being used as a skate park. Remember when skateboarding was a thing right around this time?
1: <laughs> I, mean, I remember as a, like, a little kid getting like my first Tony Hawk board and, and learning the ollie and all that stuff, and then... In high school, when the, the smaller boards became a fad, I was totally left in the dust and <laughs> behind and I had no idea how to function on one of those boards and stuff. So there, I was never really cruising into any pools in my neighborhood. I don't think there were a lot of empty pools mm-hmm. in New Jersey.
0: Yeah, but, uh, I, I feel like you probably, if you were starting college now, you probably missed that wave just barely because, yeah, like Tony Hawk and the X Games are going to make skateboarding such a thing among suburban white kids for a couple of years. Like, I had every Tony Hawk game. I had the little Mm -hmm. finger skateboard that was dumb as shit. Um, They started building a skate park in my town around this time that, due to just, like, New Jersey being shit and construction taking forever, uh, like, didn't open until, like, six years after skateboarding stopped being a thing. (laughs) So I never—I was so excited, and I've never even been there because what the fuck am I going to do there now?
1: Dude, it was so crazy when, like, skating became mainstream yeah. because I remember as, like, a little kid, like, it, even in, like, 1987, 1988, like, my, me and my neighbors, like, I don't even know how we got into skateboarding, but we were the only ones I ever knew that skated, and there were some kids up the block that would get, like, videos from that, like... I don't know, this was before Big Brother and all those videos and stuff, but it was like Bones Brigade and those guys and, like, Christian Ossoy and Lance Mountain. Tony Hawk was there, too. But it was always such, like, this smaller counterculture thing uh-huh. that when it exploded, it I was like, of all things, I was really shocked that uh, skateboarding became that big. Bam Margera. Yeah,
0: stuff. yeah, Jackass kind of started incorporating some skateboarding stuff into there. I mean, even in the, the late 80s, early 90s, there was... It was very counterculture. You had these, like, documentaries and, uh, like, a couple of little movies that just had stuff with skateboarding in them, but it certainly wasn't what Tony Hawk would make it into right about this time.
1: Yeah, you had, like, Gleaming the Cube with Christian Slater. exactly. (laughs) A skater solving his brother's murder. (laughs) Right, there weren't, like, a whole... There wasn't, like, a Tony Hawk movie. I'm surprised there isn't even a Tony Hawk movie at this point. That would be a good biopic. We got the yeah. Lords of Dogtown. That's a good movie.
0: He was he was massive. I had like the first three Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games, and I played the absolute shit out of them. I it's the main reason I probably liked ska for a couple of years was just hearing the first minute and thirty seconds of Goldfinger's Superman forever.
1: <laughs> yeah, those games were awesome, though. I mean, that, I, even around that the time that this volume is coming out, like we got what the PlayStation Two is just like probably rocking. Yeah. It's just, like, blowing my mind, like, every game that's being released, it's cool.
0: I would love to, I'm not gonna go too far into it now, but I will just say, I would love to do a side episode of Now and Again, where we revisit, like, the Jackass phenomenon, because mm-hmm. that was so huge, and such a weird thing to, like, have taken off.
1: Do you know sort of, like, the basis for the Jackass show? Well, and it was uh,
0: skateboarding videos, right?
1: Yeah, so it was like the Big Brother Skating Magazine videos, yeah. and then the, the Camp Kill Yourself videos, have mm-hmm. you ever seen those? C-K-Y, yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah, it's fucking weird how, you know, those two small, weird little things came together and created a phenomenon of jackass.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jai Knoxville probably, his, every joint on his body probably pops like a champagne cork, but that dude, <sighs> Man. that dude cashed in, and I'm sure some of the others aren't doing too bad.
1: Yeah, the only thing, I just keep thinking of Johnny Knoxville, like, oh man, he did, he's broken like every bone in his body, probably, but yet he gets to be in movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, so it kind of like, for a guy like that, evens out, I guess.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's doing okay.
1: I just saw him in the, oh. um, the Elvis and Nixon. He was good in that, actually. It's like Oh, a really? Key role. Yeah, recommend
0: Good, because you know what, I I loved Jackass I think he's a charismatic dude I think he was self-aware enough, like he gets What he is doing, and he understood That he was getting paid For a decade plus To just have fun with his Friends, and he was the one who He was like the mascot of Jackass And I don't know, I appreciate what He did, and I hope he's doing great, and I Hope he's happy, and I hope he doesn't have to Light his testicles on fire to Do it anymore, (laughs) like good for him uh, I could just I could still hear it hear him say like I'm Giant Knoxville, welcome to Jackass. Like <laughs> that's and then the little brown brown brown. Like it's just I watched that fucking show every day it was on. I just feel like YouTube killed that kind of thing, you know? Like you can see people oh, get hit in totally. the nuts. Good call. On mm-hmm. demand.
1: Yeah, that's a good point actually, because that's sort of when they were going off the air too, right? Where it just sort of ran its course. That's sort of weird. Like Jackass kind of naturally ran its course. Like, it had a few seasons, it did a few movies, and then Mm -hmm. everyone just kind of was like, that's enough, that's cool. Uh, And then, like, YouTube came along, and it was like, all right, like, uh, here's a bunch of other idiots, like, take your pick.
0: But they would have had to keep going, like, harder and harder. There's an old, like, I'm a fan of pro wrestling. There's There's a guy named Jim Cornette who always talks about how, like, hardcore wrestling that, like, you see in the movie The Wrestler, like, that's a real thing that happens, like, where they're hitting each other with, uh, barbed wire and shooting staple guns into their heads he's like that wrestling sucks because what are you going to do you're going to keep bringing it to a higher level until someone has to bring a gun in and shoot the other person (laughs) and that's not realistic (laughs) and i feel like at some point jackass had to just stop or they were going to turn into like the natural progression of that is like world star hip-hop fight compilation videos which are just the grossest thing in the world
1: yeah, they're going to end up accidentally like dying on screen during a stunt yeah. or something. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you got to call it call it a day before you go too too far.
0: So I would rather light my testicles on fire than listen to Eiffel 65's Blue ever again.
1: song, like, I had no idea that this was a big song. I didn't even hear this song until Iron Man 3 came out. Like, I had never even heard of this band. Where is that used in that? It's, it opens Iron Man 3.
0: Oh, that's stupid. I've seen Iron Man 3, but I, I...
1: (laughs) Because Iron Man 3 takes place in a flashback. It starts with Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. He's he's like a big jerk-off before he's Iron Man, and he, like, blows off Cillian, or whatever the guy was, uh, the Mandarin dude. And this yeah. music is like playing to mark the time. You know what I'm saying? As yes. Like...
0: Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> on the last episode, I said that the breakdown of Corn's um, "Freak on a Leash" was doing like
1: the mm. "boom ba 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 yeah. I said
0: that might be the lowest, like the lowest time in music history. But actually, I think it's just all of Blue.
1: This is influ- This is all like Daft Punk influenced, right? Like these are people who think that they could do what they do.
0: I mean, this is a genre of music that, and this is just a shit version of it.
1: Yeah, I just get the sense that it's dance music for the masses, or, I don't know, it's just weird, I don't know. Don't like it.
0: The guy's voice is so annoying, too, it's grating. Not only is he doing, like, a voice like this, but he's also got, like, an auto-tuned version of that underneath him as a backing track, and it's so grating.
1: Oh, and they do, like, that, that weird thing, like, um, like another, like, nonsense chorus where it's not even real words, which sometimes works, but doesn't in this instance, I think, at all.
0: So, yeah, you were um, in college when this song came out, but did you – so, people in my school used to think that the lyrics to this song were, I'm blue, if I was green, I would die. Okay. Does that – ring a bell to you at all I feel like that wasn't just like a urban legend from Sayreville Middle School I feel like other people have heard those lyrics
1: I, again like I know I really feel bad because this is one of the songs I, I'm like completely don't know anything about like blanking out. like I'm watching the video now and there are these two blue CGI aliens flying some kind of spaceship or something like, I don't it's such a bad They're saying, video dabba dabba dee dabba doo dabba da dabba day dabba dabba doo <laughs> I mean, like, only the Ramones can pull that off, if you ask me. (laughs) Gooba-gaba kind of stuff.
0: If if the CGI in Larger Than Life costs $2.1 million, this costs (laughs) $2.1. This is a fucking ugly video.
1: It's like they recorded, like, a 3DO game or something, or an Atari Jaguar game.
0: It absolutely (laughs) looks like it's all FMV.
1: Ugh... But this isn't American, right? Like, these guys are Swedish or French? I think French. French? Okay, it's close.
0: I might just be saying that because their name is Eiffel 65, and it's making Mm. me think they're performing on the Eiffel Tower or whatever. Uh, They're Italian.
1: Mm. Oh, they're Italian? Okay. They're Euro trash. (laughs) They are
0: trash for sure. And as a
1: half Italian, I can attest to that. There's an
0: amazing little fight scene in this video where he's just clearly, like, waving. He's not even, like, moving his body. He's just, like, adjusting the angle of his elbows. And then the the CGI aliens go flying.
1: It reminds me of, like, what Robert Rodriguez would do in his children's films, where he would just tell the kids to, like, just flail your arms, and I'll put in, like, a CGI creature after, and, like, a skeleton or something. That's what it looks like here, that he's just, like... Yeah, just like waving hello or something and then these creatures are running up clearly after the fact.
0: The lyrics of this song are just him listing stuff that's blue, but it's not stuff that's normally blue. It's not like the sky is blue, the Pacific Ocean is blue. It's like, blue is the house (laughs) I live in, blue is my car, and blue is my girlfriend, and I am also blue. That's not...
1: My balls are blue.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is a song.
1: I'm like, confounded at this point in the podcast <laughs> because I was wondering like how am I going to talk about this song because like I'm not familiar with it I don't know how to really interpret it all i really take it in as is just bad dance music
0: well, that's fine it's we can like... we can move on from the song because we'll be coming back to it in spades <laughs> in rap genius um one quick question do you think there is a compilation video on YouTube set to this song about Tobias Funke because I hope there is.
1: Oh, there should be. Oh, there better be. Like, that's the only reason this song needs to exist, to be quite honest, is to to all his, like, blue man stuff.
0: I'm going to search for that, and if I find it, it's going in the show notes. Um, Our next song is Sonique's It Feels So Good. A song that I did not know, but is a, I think, a good version of a song you can dance to as opposed to whatever was in that last track.
1: Yeah, this is much more my speed. I like this song actually quite a bit. I haven't really heard it a lot, but I recognized it immediately. I didn't know who Sonique was. I didn't know it was called It Feels So Good, but mm-hmm. it seems so obvious now that it is called It Feels So yeah. Good. But as soon as I like, clicked on the video, I was like, oh, this song, yeah, I remember hearing this song a lot. And, I feel um, like this might have a
0: chorus that was used in like a dance compilation CD, because mm. I feel like as soon as the chorus kicked in, I was like, oh, I know this six-second cut of this song. Um, right.
1: If, it feels like something a DJ would slice into his set just yeah. to transition or something.
0: I really dug it though. I like uh, this. I don't really like, give superlatives uh, of of the compilation, but I think this might be the surprise of the album for me.
1: Yeah, this is actually someone like I didn't know about that because of this song. I would actually go back and try and like see if I like any of her other stuff.
0: The YouTube comments, which you know, obviously they are the thing to go to for facts on the internet, <laughs> yep. uh, reference this as a trance song. And I don't really know the different like mm. delineations and clades of uh, electronic music. But if this is trance, then I think I like this kind of thing more than whatever blue is or whatever fat boy slim is.
1: Yeah, I can hear that. I hear that in the song. Like, this just has more delay or echo to it, and there's just more of sort of like a um, eth- ethereal vibe. I don't know how to really express or explain it, but... like other types of like electric dance music like the last stuff i don't know it feels just more compact or tight it just feels tighter this just feels more airy and breezy and i don't know if that gives it the trance like it puts you in a trance i think that might be mm-hmm. where the term came from a bit but i prefer this as well
0: i it also feels like a song because it's verse chorus verse chorus like bridge chorus yeah it's not just chorus 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 chorus
1: Right, right, ad nauseum. Mm. I do
0: enjoy that in the video, um, it's setting up like she's going out for a night on the town, and she's getting all dressed up to go to the club, and then it cuts there and she's the DJ. That's a great little thing that I wasn't expecting at all, because the videos at this time, you know, it's just the babe dancing forever.
1: This is more of what I like for music videos, like... The kind of story thing, or, I don't know, just following the artist around for a day or something. I don't know exactly what to put my finger on, but I did appreciate the sort of simplicity of this video, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Like, there's nothing cryptic about it, and it makes perfect sense that, like, she's the artist and everything like that towards the end.
0: It fits the tone of the song extremely well. Yeah. 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 uh, And then that
1: club, like, feels much more lively than than the club in the uh, the Latin club that we were in a few songs ago. <laughs> Mark Anthony's club needs to take some notes.
0: There's a handful of songs that are going to be in clubs in the videos here, and none of them actually feel like they would be actual clubs human beings would be at. They feel so sterile And this. This is you know obviously a music video set, but um, it feels uh, s- you know slightly seedier like an actual club would. Also has these quick cuts. They they keep showing couples that are like getting really close and dancing and occasionally kissing, uh, lesbian couple, gay couple, straight couple. That's pretty progressive for nineteen ninety nine two thousand. Good for Sonique.
1: Yeah, very much. That's. I am wondering why I just wasn't aware of her at the time. Like they didn't really push her as hard. I don't. Know, maybe the market was just so crowded. Like I
0: don't. I just feel like this kind of electronic dance music was not getting played on. Z100, you know, and that's what we had at the time if it wasn't a compilation album, you could probably because, buy right. like like today's best dance hits and this would have been on there and that's probably like I said why I know that 6 second <laughs> blast of the song that was so familiar.
1: Well, have you guys brought up Napster yet because this is probably right around the time that that's starting to really kick off, right? And it's like there's no there's no real internet radio yet, there's no Spotify, right. there's no Sirius XM. Uh, it's all still, yeah, Z100, Hot 97, Near Us, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they would really just play what's popular and not take a lot of chances.
0: So it's, it's funny, I realized this while I was editing the last episode, is there's this little unintentional joke, because at the beginning of the episode I do like a little thing about what's going on in pop culture at the time. Okay. And episodes two was like Napster debuts, and episodes three was Napster is sued, because that did <laughs> not have a long shelf life.
1: Okay, yeah. Shit got clamped down fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, other stuff okay. popped up, and I don't know if it was immediately pulled once it was sued. I was surprised how quickly the RAA clamped down on Napster.
1: Well, it's crazy because no one understood what Napster actually was. Like, they didn't. There was never a file-sharing service like that before, so no. people just assumed Napster was the place everyone was downloading music from. Like, oh, Napster is... Like, they have all these songs on their website people are stealing from. And no, like, the idea is you share from other people's computers. Like, Napster is just, like, a handshake, mm-hmm. almost, like, between two users. After after I left community college and went to my real college, like, I t- was doing music studies, and I actually took a class in Napster.
0: Really? <laughs> was what was pretty, that like? Yeah,
1: it was, well, we basically just di- dissected, it was mostly, like, just the, the music industry and then the new sort of, the new... Guard of Napster and like what was coming next and how the industry was changing and everything. And it was mostly about our teacher was just explaining to us, you know, file sharing services. It was so bizarre and like how the industry just couldn't comprehend like who was doing what at that time. They, they literally just thought like you go to Napster, there's all this music there that you can just take for free. Yeah. It was so strange. It, it
0: must have sucked to be a judge like you're because you're probably an old person, probably an old white dude. Like, it must suck to have to hear this case about this thing that you absolutely do not understand, and probably the lawyers don't understand. Like, how do you make a decision on that? That's crazy to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then you have, like, you know, the kids who created Napster come in, and they're like, oh, these little, like, these kids? Like, they're they're 20 years old and shit. It's like what the hell? Like, all of a sudden, like, I think what that did more than anything was show what the generation gap was like during this time and what it was really going to be from now on. It's like kids growing up with technology, every generation from now on are going to be just like so far beyond the previous generation. Right.
0: What was your file sharing service that you probably used the most?
1: So, okay. So interestingly enough... I never really figured all that shit out, really, like yeah, to be totally honest with you, like I remember using Napster a couple times, but never really getting great files or great quality, and I think i like embarrassingly enough, the one song I got like I remember downloading Napster and getting like the Limp Biscuit song with Method Man on it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that song, uh, but it had, a, it had a pretty cool beat to it.
0: That's interesting, because you were in, like, college was the place to do that, but I guess you just missed it by a, a smidge. I definitely,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I downloaded Napster because someone told me to, in, in I remember being in eighth grade, and someone was like, you know, you have to check out Napster, but you have to spell everything wrong. Like, if you want Blink-182, you gotta type mm. in Blink-183, because, <laughs> and, and things like that, and that's got annoying... I definitely used a lot of, like, LimeWire and SoulSeek, I think, were ones that I used that came out afterwards. Okay. But there came a point where it was just dangerous. Um, and then you got yeah. to college and everyone was using, like, a shared a shared network. And you, it, there was just a direct thing within the college that was super easy to get everything any you could ever want off of.
1: And I was a, I was a big purchaser of CDs back in the day, too. Like, I still have crates full of my CDs and stuff, so I was never shy to just go out and buy an album if I only wanted, like, a song or two off of it. Like, I was so wasteful that way, but that was our generation. Uh, we would do that. It's, it's funny, because only in, like, a year or two from where we are talking about all this stuff, um, I will go on to, like, start DJing and, like, collecting vinyl and, oh. like... 45 records and things, so I always sort of had, like, I always sort of wanted the thing in my hand, but then because of, like, uh, like work and stuff like that, I would go out and I would actually need, like, the copy and stuff. So file sharing, always, I just kind of just passed me by.
0: Hmm. I bought my first vinyl this year because I'm a douchebag hipster.
1: <laughs> in 2001, this buddy that uh, I knew from high school, like, we just there weren't a lot of kids left in my hometown. Everyone was just like off to school and I was around. Uh, So me and my buddy would start going fishing and he was really into hip hop and I would listen to his mixes and he ended up getting turntables. So like a few months later I got turntables and a year later we were like trying to battle at like guitar center, DJ battles and stuff. It was pretty cool. We can get into some of that a little more later because there's some like music down the line that, I definitely was, like, into at the time and spinning and stuff.
0: Sure. Well, uh, anything else you have to say about... What are we even on? Oh, uh... (laughs) Feels So Good by Sonique. Not to be a a zing. I was just queuing up the fact that I have nothing to say about the next one. But anything else (laughs) about Sonique?
1: No I'm good with her I like this song I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and check out some more of her work
0: yeah actually I would recommend uh, this this is a good song go back and check this out because if you're a if you're a suburban white 30 something like me you probably missed this one and it's it's pretty solid uh, but if you're a suburban white 30 something you definitely know Savage Gardens I knew I loved you. Oh boy, Savage Garden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, was uh This is the the, the mom the mommest song ever.
1: I felt like I was just like in a Starbucks or something for a minute. There, like these guys, totally feel to me like coffee rock.
0: Oh yeah, they survive. They survive on getting their song licensed to be played through mall and supermarket sound systems.
1: And I didn't know that this isn't even the song I thought it was. I thought this was truly madly deeply. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I got the two mixed up, I guess. There was that
0: Chicka Cherry Cola song, I remember it was like their first big one. I don't know what the name of that song is, it's just a line. Yeah, this song... What does that
1: name mean, Savage Garden?
0: Uh, I don't know. It's not
1: appropriate for this music. It feels like it should be more, like, rock and roll it just brings me back not. to...
0: Uh, it makes me think of Secret Garden, either the, like the, the book or the Bruce Springsteen song for the Jerry Maguire movie. Either one oh, is Jesus. fine. Uh, both are as sappy as this deserves.
1: It was reminding me of... Have you ever heard of the group Nelson?
0: Oh, they Nelson. Were, what are the, they do? The two
1: Swedish twins or something?
0: They're not to be with you, right? That's, that's Mr. Big? What does Nelson think, saying?
1: Yeah. Um, man... I don't. I off the top of my head, I can't. I can't recall off the top of my head.
0: Nelson sings. Oh, I don't even know what the song is. They do have songs, but I don't know what these songs are.
1: Well, they they sound like this. <laughs> they're okay. they're very acousticy. Like it's this acoustic rock stuff that middle mid age safe music.
0: It is so safe. So I think on another episode, I used the phrase "so inoffensive, it's offensive." And it's just like, ugh. You're listening to it, and you're like, what am I getting out of this?
1: You know what it seems like? It seems like back in the day it was supposed to be cool to, like, serenade a girl, but, like, nowadays it's just, like, stalkery. And that's how it kind of comes across to me. Like, even through this video, like, he's on the subway looking at Kirsten Dunst and stuff. Yes. I'm getting, like, a total ick vibe from it all.
0: Yeah, he's just sitting on a subway looking at Kirsten Dunst the whole time. It's like when are you gonna just whip your dick out and start jerking off? Like I've been on those subways, <laughs> man. I know what's in Oh no, the lights went out on the subway in this video. I definitely know what you're doing now.
1: And he's he's got like he's doing the man spreading and everything. Yes. And this guy might be a pervert. Yeah, it, that's it's I don't think that was their intention, but that's how it's coming across to me. I don't like this guy. No, I don't... It gives me a weird feeling.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't let uh, my kids hang out around the Savage Garden guy. He, he's he's a... He, he might be an Anthony Weiner kind of guy.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Is it just him? Is he Savage Garden, or does he have a whole band
0: and everything? The guitarist is also the garden and or the savage of okay. Savage Garden. Okay,
1: so he's the savage and the other guy is the garden. Okay. Possibly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, it's weird to hear the acoustic guitar over the electronic beat. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you caught that, but that kind of threw me a little. I was like, where's the real band for this type of stuff?
0: Yeah, I wonder how they performed live. I wonder if it was just the guitarist and the singer and a drum machine, or if they had a full like touring band. It's a good question. You
1: know who kind of does music well like this? I feel at one point, like Eric Clapton got into a phase where he started singing stuff like this. and Not like Subject-wise, but he just had slower songs, like like around the Tears in Heaven time. I feel like he really slowed down and did more of this, just sort of prog rock. Is this like prog rock?
0: This is not no. prog rock. There's
1: what is prog rock? Prog
0: rock is like Rush <laughs> and King Crimson and uh, oh,
1: okay, yeah, well, that is that. not no, this. Then, no, we'll just keep we'll just keep calling this uh, coffee rock.
0: Yeah, that's a good that's a good phrase for it. This would have been sold in a Starbucks at this time for sure. Oh,
1: possible... But I fear for Kristen. I fear for... <laughs> She's...
0: I hope Spider-Man comes and punches this guy in the face and they, <laughs> he saves Mary Jane and they kiss upside down in the rain. Um, possible bar trivia band name, Macho Man Randy Savage Garden. You're welcome. Yes! Nice. Uh, we can get... We can move on from this song, right? This is... You know what? Actually, before we do move on from this song, so on the last episode, we talked about the secret meaning, like, the real meaning behind um, Closing Time by Semisonic, where the lead singer claims that that song was about birth and the birth of his child. Okay. Which is, sounds like some real, like, retconning, like... uh, Yeah, it's
1: about closing the bar. Exactly.
0: If there was a song (laughs) that the the singer could go back and be like, this is about the birth of my child, it would probably be this song. This song doesn't sound like it needs to be about a woman. Like, it's kind of gross if it Mm. is. This is like a song yeah. about babies. They can get yeah, away with that. because he's
1: singing, I knew I loved you before I met you. It, doesn't, it does seem much more like he's singing to his unborn child. Yeah. Yeah, that is the only time this would be appropriate. Like, that is total stalker if he's like, I loved you before I even
0: met you. Yeah, it <laughs> reminds me of the line in Call Me Maybe, before you came into my life, I missed you so bad. It's just one of those terrible pop lines that, <laughs> like, the moment you think about it, you're like, wait... That's dumb.
1: Yeah, it's like some kind of weird oxymoron thing. It's like, wait, that doesn't go together. That doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's some back-to-the-future shit right there.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I knew I loved you before I, I met you, Marty, because I tried to have sex with you in, in 1950.
1: <laughs> that's right. I knew that because I am my own father. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> oh, anyway, no more Savage Garden. I think that's actually, I think they might be... Uh, they, they they came and they went. They had their hit songs and they, they broke up within a couple of years. I don't know if we're gonna, I don't know if we'll be revisiting them on now and again. And I don't know how sad I am about that.
1: <laughs> I would yeah. I, I'd imagine it'd be sad if they did pop up.
0: Yes, I would definitely. If I <laughs> had to they listen didn't. to Truly Madly Deeply again, I I wouldn't be thrilled. <laughs> uh, and as the video ends, I watch him continue to creep on Kristen Dunst in a uh, in a subway. Gross.
1: Yeah, there's just nothing sexy about a subway. No. You know, there's just I don't feel like there's any way to make that attractive.
0: And no one's going to meet anybody in a subway. Like if you yeah. if you talk to another person in a subway, you're a creep. Like period. Subway is right. for shutting yeah. up, listening to your, <laughs> you know, your audiobooks and getting to where you need to be and getting <laughs> off.
1: Yeah, it's like you know who meets people in subways? Like uh, murderers meet their victims yeah. in subways. <laughs> like that's about it.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, let's let's move on uh, to Joe's I wanna know. Joe definitely existed in a time before you needed to have a Googleable name.
1: Yeah, <laughs> really? Like, who were the ad wizards who came up with Joe? Yeah, woof. I mean, it's not even Joe something, or something Joe, or Joe Smoothie, or anything.
0: This is I Wanna Know by Joey Lewandowski. Uh, Hey, (laughs) you don't know if I'm telling the truth or not, because he's just Joe. That's true. This song sucks, too.
1: Yeah, this just makes no impact. Like, there is definitely good R&B out there at the time, but...
0: This is the first now that does not have R. Kelly on it, and I was excited about that going in. I was like, "Let's switch it up a little." I love me some R. Kelly, but like, we don't have to talk about R. Kelly again. And then I'm listening to this, and I'm just like, "Man, I really miss R. Kelly."
1: Yeah, dude, R. Kelly is the shit. Like, I even even like when I became a DJ and I started DJing like mostly hip hop stuff, like I got into R. Kelly stuff as well. Like, I don't know; it just has more of, like style to him. Joe just feels like a nobody, really, you know? Like, just as bland as his name.
0: Yeah, he's the R&B Mandy Moore, then.
1: Yeah, we could say that. I think that's appropriate.
0: I like that the video starts with a little acting set piece where a guy and his girl are arguing (laughs) in an alley, and they, I guess they they don't really break up. The guy's just like, I don't need this right now, and he leaves, and then Joe immediately, like, literally a second later, gives, is like, hey, what's wrong? You want to talk about it? Here's my phone number. Like... (laughs) All right man you're also probably a Did you just get off the subway with Savage Garden guy
1: <laughs> This is funny because these are like you got a lot of this stuff too where they're doing skits in the middle of the videos sometimes I don't know if they in this one but there's like it's like a, again it's like a short story or a short film revolving around the song or whatever I don't, I don't know exactly i i think it's kind of amusing it actually reminds me we did in keanu club the rush rush video by paula abdul okay because keanu stars in that yeah and it starts in a similar way where there's like you're just dropped into a conflict and people are talking about like breaking up and stuff and then the song starts mm. and it's weird <laughs> it's totally weird
0: yeah I referenced uh, I said this on episode 1 with Nico that every R&B song from this time takes place in the same house. So I challenge <laughs> you guys to go to go I, I've proven this correct. Uh every like R&B house has these wooden floors and very angular modern settings and often there's a shower sequence and I think all of that is correct in this one as well. It hits all of the R&B video bingo bingo card notes.
1: You know whose house I thought this looked a little like was um marcellus wallace's house from pulp fiction
0: <laughs> well there is the scene when uh he sends people to recover his soul so
1: <laughs> well i also love the part where okay so most of it takes place in the house and stuff but then there's also sort of like this heavenly zone that they're in like a white room
0: yeah he's watching his own music video on tv or whatever
1: yeah like watching themselves I don't know what they're trying to imply with all that, but it's kind of funny. And then sometimes there's two Joes, sometimes there's one.
0: Too many Joes. Too many Joes. (laughs) (laughs) This song falls in this weird middle place because we've had Casey and JoJo on here, but not good Casey and JoJo, not all my life Casey and JoJo. Well, actually, we did have that, but we've had other Casey and JoJo as well. This kind of falls in this weird middle ground. It's like, it's got the R. Kelly bump and grind beat, but the saccharine lovey... Casey and JoJo lyrics ends up not working at all.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's that it's the song or if it's really the performer because I almost feel like if R. Kelly was doing this, like, you know, he everybody would be going crazy for it. Like, it would be a hit or something. Like, there just feels to be no edge behind any of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost want that in my R&B. Like, there's something, like, so- it needs to be, like, soothing but also kind of, like, raunchy or yeah. dirty almost. You know what I'm saying? And, like, there's just no... There's just no freak to him.
0: No. No, it doesn't make me want to bump and or grind.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It, like, again, it just kind of makes me tired. And, like, that's not what you want when you're putting on an R&B record is no. to, like, fall asleep. You want to get ready to bump nasties.
0: Absolutely. The video babe in this video is someone from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Thanks, Dio James, <laughs> the top comment on YouTube. Uh, or I would never have known that. There's a little, little huh. trivia for you, people at home who love the Real Housewives of Atlanta. But there's a ton of crossover there.
1: That's pretty crazy. Like, what an obscure little fact yeah. there. I wasn't there. Some fact. Wasn't there something in, um, in episode two side B where you guys were talking about Beyonce and that she was sort of random video girl yes. in one obscure moment. Also. Yep.
0: Yep. Well, that's a, a interesting step. Girl from Real Housewives, Beyonce. Like it's just it's just saying a lot about videos at the time. Like we said, Kirsten Dunst as as I guess the equivalent of a video girl. Like you're not gonna get that these days. You're not gonna get a famous celebrity in your music video because they have better shit to do than be on this thing that's only gonna be on YouTube.
1: Yeah, that's the thing too. I, I was wanted wondered about Kirsten Dunst if she was dating the dude from Savage Garden and like that's why mm. like she knew like the director was her uncle or something
0: (laughs) like she was definitely a thing i mean even the interview was a while ago but you at least had like the virgin suicides
1: she was a thing but having hollywood actors just kind of i guess well like i guess they did from time to time you know talk about keanu like he shows up in the rush rush video. like i said like it is kind of a weird thing about music videos you'll just get movies about melissa joan hart Mm -hmm. and granted that was about it took place in her movie but it's kind of strange
0: I have nothing else to say about Joe, last name redacted. I hope we're not
1: burning through these too quick.
0: Nah, I don't I don't think okay. so. Sometimes you just don't have anything to say about a really bad song, and it's not like... There's probably a reason why no one else knows uh, Joe other than the fact that he's ungoogleable.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, no, no real, like, foresight in that direction by the marketing team, you know? <laughs> it's not like the internet was necessarily new in 2000. I mean... As soon as people were screaming Y2K, everybody got their computer game tight, I feel, and we were all online by the turn of the century. There's no way we can't find you. It's so simple. You'll come up, like, you know, they'll be browsing you at the record store, and there, three big letters, J-O-E. Yeah. And then little did they know, the record store would be pretty much gone in a few years.
0: I wonder if he ever did a song with uh, the rapper Fat Joe? (laughs) Oh. Just to put them side by side?
1: The Joes, that would have been funny. I'm Joe, I'm Fat Joe. It wouldn't have been without, it it would not have been outside of the realm of possibilities because, you know, like, rap and R&B go together like peanut butter and, what's what's peanut butter go with? Jelly. (laughs) (laughs) Bananas? (laughs) Rap and R&B kind of go together like peanut butter and jelly, so, like, you would get, you know, like, Nate Dogg would be on, you know, Dr. Dre albums and stuff, so it would have, been cool if we had gotten Joe and Fat Joe.
0: I think the timeline works, too.
1: I think so, because he was still alive, I think, Definitely.
0: in 2000. Yeah. But uh, Wait,
1: He's still alive. I'm thinking a big pun. Oh, God, I was, too. I
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Joe might be dead, though. That dude wasn't the healthiest. Well, I think
1: he's around. I think I just saw him on a documentary.
0: Well, um, good. I hope, I hope I Fat Joe was still alive, and maybe he's just maybe he's lost a lot of weight, and he's also just Joe these days, and they're going to have oh. to fight for it.
1: See, even, yeah, there you go. Like, shit like that happens, you know? Like, he changed his name to Joe, and now you've got two of them out there. You can't, you don't know which one you're looking for. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Fat Joe has changed his name to Lap Band Joe.
1: (laughs) Or what if this Joe got fat,
0: and he changed his name
1: to Fat Joe, and then Fat Joe got skinny?
0: (laughs) They just traded names? That'd be great. That's a world that I want to live in. But Googleable names. Uh, We're moving on to Aaliyah with Try Again fuck aliyah was awesome
1: yeah i remember the night she died crazy like this girl i was seeing called me up and was like aliyah died i was like what, who, like, how, and all this. So this is very sort of, not fresh, but, like, very ingrained in my memory.
0: I Yeah, I don't have a huge memory of that, even though I knew of her through, like, this song and Are You That Somebody, like, She was huge. Probably not Mm. as huge to me as she was for R&B. Like, I wasn't going out of my way to listen to R&B, but this was the kind of stuff that crossed over, whereas, like, Joe really didn't. Uh, So I knew this song. I knew Ari That Somebody. But I wasn't super aware of, like, her dying. Like, obviously it was on TV and I knew about it, but I didn't have, like, that moment where I oh, I I remember where I was when Aaliyah died.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just sort of... I remember this song a lot, like, this song... We would, like, scratch to this beat Ooh. and everything. I really liked this beat and would play this beat a lot and do, like, acapellas over it and things like that and stuff. So, like, I always really liked this song. And seeing Aaliyah then, it's like this... Like, Beyonce was still in Destiny's Child, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like Aaliyah would be what Beyonce is today. You know what I'm saying? Like, she would be Beyonce. Like, she was being... She was on her way already back then to being, like globally enormous.
0: Absolutely. Aaliyah could have, if she didn't burn out, because she had been she was a child star, like she was around since she was like 15 or something, like like if she made it through that, that transition from being a child star to being a human for more than a, yeah, a human star for more than a little bit while, I think she could have, yeah, been massive.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, she was going to be in the Matrix sequel
0: yeah, right? I she think was like, I remember that. She was cast
1: that. to be in that and then passed away and they had to recast her role and, and everything. Was that Jada, yeah, Jada that, Pinkett's role? I don't I don't think it was that role. I'm not positive. It could have been. I I, I thought it was the role of the wife of the pilot, the guy from Oz who oh. becomes the new pilot, Link. Okay. I thought it was that role, but I'm not positive. All I knew is she was in it and then Matrix kind of got delayed and they had to do rewrites.
0: I don't actually know if she was a good actress. I've seen this movie that this is on the soundtrack for, Romeo Must Die, and I very specifically remember it being really weird and awkward, but that's because her romantic interest is someone who second language is English and, like, recently English and is also 20 years older than her. Like, her and Shetley don't have a ton of chemistry. And then Queen of the Damned is just a shit movie. So I don't really know if she was a good actress at all. And I don't think she ever really got a chance to prove whether or not she was. I
1: never did see Romeo Must Die. Uh, Even though I'm a huge Jet Li fan, I never really... For some reason, I didn't see a lot of his American stuff at at that point. I was more of a Jackie Chan guy. Like, that guy was way more on my radar at this point. Yeah, same. But I remember Queen of the Damned, and... Um, having been a fan of the Interview with a Vampire, I mean, it's just such a completely different type of movie. I couldn't even imagine it was in the same universe. But yeah, she wasn't exactly given anything great to do necessarily. You know what I mean? I, mean, I don't. I feel like that's fine. It was like her first movie or whatever. Uh, but the movie is just—it had more problems than her. If she's oh, not yeah. a good actress.
0: And here's the thing about Aaliyah that I noticed while watching this is pop music. You can just hit the notes in the order they're supposed to be hit. And that's fine. Like, I feel like that's kind of what Mandy Moore was doing. I feel like that was definitely what Joe was doing. But a vocal performance is something you don't realize is important until you're looking for it. And Aaliyah sang the shit out of these songs and gave it her own flair that makes it an Aaliyah song. And not just a song by this girl that has an awesome Timbaland beat on it. Like her songs were her, and that's down to vote. That's down to vocal performance.
1: Yeah, man, I totally feel like she's got a unique style. She has some um, like she can do the sing-talk, and it's real sultry. But then she could also easily sort of shift it into power singing, mm-hmm. and like really hold and sustain notes. And she's got a lot of tricks, like in her in her repertoire of singing and stuff that that makes her stand alone.
0: I, uh, I completely agree I think she she was she was great definitely definitely a loss for uh, pop music like she was she was good always balance out your tiny planes folks
1: it's amazing I mean like oh god like I'm not not—I'm not a great flyer in the first place but there's no way like I'd get in one of those tiny little biplanes <laughs> like so especially if I was a musician I mean I mean, just like because of the day the music died alone with Buddy Holly mm. and Richie Valens and the Big Bopper it's just like stay on the ground like I know bus crashes happen too and everything and flying statistically safer but not for musicians it seems like they're Hexed or something? Yeah,
0: almost lost some of Blink One Eighty Two to that too. A lot of a lot of plane crashes. Right. For, for celebrities, I was I actually did take a biplane once. Um, I was coming back from Las Vegas, and for whatever it was cheaper, for whatever reason it was cheaper to lay over in Philadelphia Airport and then take a plane to Newark Airport than just go the extra three minutes to Newark Airport. <laughs> uh, and it was an hour layover to get into a biplane. You didn't get a seat with your ticket. Because they were, they just looked at you and they were like, okay, you sit here, fat guy, you sit here, everyone else sit on the other side. Like, we're going to put your luggage <laughs> over here. Like, they balance out the plane and the whole time. I'm thinking like, okay, I, oh, I get it. I don't want to get a lead. Like, this is, I'm really in, a, like, a, a plane with propellers. We're flying low enough that I can literally see my house from here. Um, <laughs> it was definitely freaky because, yeah, like, those are the planes that go down.
1: Yeah, the Airbuses you know it's like you're you're literally just like a bus mm-hmm. like <laughs> flying in the air it's it's scary i i have i've been like younger when i was uh when i was younger i i have family in norway so like you have to fly to denmark and then you got to take like a little propeller plane to norway where my relatives were so like i have been in those before but god damn i hated that That was like the worst
0: Anyway, Leah, like we can move on. But, like we've talked so much sugar about this. I feel like it's weird. Like songs that are songs and videos that are too good and songs and videos that are too bad. Both of them is just kind of like you don't have too much to say. Like this this podcast thrives in the middle ground, but this is just all around. This is I mean the video is not great. It's just Jet Li shadow boxing and an Enter the Dragon reference, but like other than that, her dancing is great because she is good. She's a great She's performer. She's charismatic and yeah, she is beautiful.
1: Dude, I forgot, like, she is, uh, like, a beauty. Yeah. I was just, like, amazed while re-watching this video, like, God damn it. Um, but, oh, here's something. The guy, that's that's Timberland, right? Yeah, Making in the video, the, yeah. Who made the. Yeah, you don't really, I mean, Puffy was really the only one showing up in his artist's music videos around then, so it's kind of funny to see Timberland pop his head in and, be like, that was kind of cool. It was around the time where producers were becoming bigger stars, you know, and instead of, like... The lyricist or the talent, like people were like, "Oh, we got to get this producer, or we got to get this producer or this producer," and like that would really propel, you know, your record or your sales or things like that. And even for rock, I felt too, like certain producers would would really bring like a cachet to, to a band mm-hmm. if they were working with
0: them. Well, Timbaland is. This isn't the first Leah song Timbaland's done that on. He he has a whole verse on "Are You That Somebody?" He does like the baby girl that kind of thing through that, and then he just have the rap verse yeah, he he's a producer that's really shoving his way onto these songs and, and that's not a bad thing. He's going to do it again with Nelly Furtado in a couple of years and it works really well. Like Timbaland's a great producer.
1: Yeah, I think his image is much better than Puffy's as well. You know what I'm saying? As far as the guy behind the scenes who wants to be front and center, like, he pulls it off a lot better by just not getting in the way as much. <laughs> right.
0: Moving on, we're at the halfway point of this discussion with Jennifer Lopez, waiting for tonight.
1: Yeah, so this is still like one of the most ultimate dance songs ever, right? Yeah, I think so. Much. I mean, it's iconic. I don't know dance not music even that well, years.
0: but i This is a great song.
1: Well, I would say as far as modern dance, like this will probably go down with like uh, what, um, like "We Are Family" or like something mm. like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it'll be remembered as one of like the giants. I feel just because even now, I didn't even realize how old this song was. It's was like this song is from then. Yeah. I almost feel like this song was like only five years old.
0: It's it's a song that persists like I would absolutely still see this uh in clubs like you could dance to this at any point. It's got a great beat. She does a great vocal performance on it. The chorus is hot, but so much of this song is actually just Kylie Minogue's Please Stay, uh which is a way better song. But
1: Oh, is that they sampled? No,
0: I don't think it's a sample. I think it's just a very similar beat that flamenco guitar sound. It's I mean maybe it is a straight up sample, I don't know, but it's a very very I wouldn't similar.
1: Wouldn't put it past j lo She was huge into just she had the money at the time to actually use samples legally and stuff, so I wouldn't put it past her if she if she took like a modern artist from a different genre and incorporated it. But I was never really in particular a big J Lo fan, but I like this song. Like, she just doesn't come across to me as like a singer in the sense of like. I feel like she's just more of like an entertainer. Like she's a singer, she's an actress, she's a dancer, but she's not entirely just one of those things, you know? Yeah. Way. She feels like she's spread like real thin over all of entertainment media.
0: I wouldn't say thin. I think she does a pretty good job of balancing all of it. I mean, acting... Uh, I mean, you know... She's
1: got high... She's definitely got good performances, but they're few and far between.
0: I feel like Geely has kind of fucked up her career. Uh, even I don't yeah. know if she's done much since then, but you've got... I think she's great in Selena. What's the movie that she did with George Clooney that is, um... Uh, out of Sight? Yeah, it's great. That's a great movie. Yeah. And she's great in it. She was in this...
1: She was in this movie, Parker, a few years ago with Jason Statham, when... Okay. I didn't even know she was in it until halfway through. I was like, "Wow, she's good in that too." So, she's able. Uh, I haven't seen like her rom-com stuff or anything like that. Yeah. It's just not my sensibility. Made
0: but. in Manhattan with uh, McConaughey. Speaking of movies, there's a scene where she's like going down a Amazonian jungle river, and I just couldn't help thinking about Anaconda. Oh,
1: damn! I totally forgot Anaconda. She's like the lone survivor. Her and Ice Cube. Yeah, John she's, Voight. Yeah. Oh right. The key, that's so strange that it's her and Ice Cube because they're both, you know, music stars uh-huh. and transitioned into being actors and that they'd be in the same movie. Wow, I forgot like how pronounced she was. She was really Yeah, she was really everywhere.
0: Well, we're right around the time when like she goes to the Grammys in that dress.
1: Yeah. And that was such a I huge thing. I mean, I'm thing. looking at her now bathing in the waterfall in the middle of the jungle and she's just gorgeous. like She's you know, another insane.
0: example of a girl who's her own video babe and, and this is more blatant because mm-hmm. she's just showing off that ten billion dollar booty and she's just coming out <laughs> yeah. of the water in bikini like she's definitely doing her own video babe thing more so than Britney Spears is but she's owning it. Oh yeah. She's owning it in a way that I yeah. don't think Britney could.
1: No like Not it's yet, natural. Least. It's so much more natural with J. Lo I think maybe because she's older maybe or maybe because she's Latin just she just it just feels, like, so normal to, you know? Like, just, yeah. to, I don't know. I'm not saying, like, Britney is forcing anything or anything, but JLo doesn't come across as fake whatsoever. It's just like, wow, that's totally... I get the sense that that's what she's into. Like, that's her sensibilities.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It does feel effortless when she's trying to yeah. be sexy and she's performing in this video in this role, which, I mean, I don't know how much of... It is her, and it's her just, like, acting sexy for this video. Like, it it doesn't matter. It, it feels unique to her, and it works really well.
1: Yeah, I could totally understand why she has her stardom and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when she went into her Jenny from the block stuff, that, you know, I think that was kind of towards the end of it and everything. But, you know, she sustains. Like, she was very consistent.
0: I wonder if she is, like... I don't know what the the word I'm looking for here is... is I wonder if Kim Kardashian could exist without her. Mm. Because, like, this just this right. idea of a person's butt being, like, the most accentuated thing. Like, that was so yeah. J-Lo. And I'm like... I feel like people maybe who are would be listening to this, and I don't know who this would be, who weren't around for, like, J-Lo's big, like, explosion... Like, it might sound like I'm being gross uh, about her, but, like, no, like, she marketed herself on her ass. That was such a yeah. big thing, like, in a very similar way that Kim Kardashian does now. Except Kim Kardashian's is... Kim Kardashian is, like... Talentless. Kim Kardashian is, like... <laughs> is, like, someone brought, like, a, Gre- a Greek fertility goddess statue to life with, like, the ridiculous proportional <laughs> exaggerations. Like, that's what Kim Kardashian is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, 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 totally, I hear that, dude, I totally, yeah, it's amazing how J-Lo was basically, yeah, known for her ass, that seems so, it seems so strange now, and it doesn't, it's like, yeah, where Kim Kardashian is still doing it and everything, but in, like, light of just, you know, just socially, it's just not as correct to be, like, you know, commenting on someone's ass, especially like in this charged society that we're living in right now, because all these fucking assholes, whatever. But right. <laughs> but it's like we lived in a time where J Lo was like, "I'm J Lo, check out my ass." Yeah, Like it just seems insane to me now, you know. But like, we were living in that world at some point. I think part of it does come back to her owning it
0: and also being <clears throat> having talent. Like, she was a good actor. She was a good musician. And she didn't need to rely on it, but she just accentuated that. She's like, yeah, no, I'm a singer, I'm an actor, I've got this awesome ass, like, fuck you, I'm gonna own all of this because I can. And that's really cool, and I think maybe in some ways, in some ways I think I didn't appreciate her at the time, because, yeah, I was a 15-year-old kid who was into punk, and would never admit that I liked this song at the time, too. But, like, I think I appreciate her more now, for sure, that I'm an adult and don't have to pretend about some image that isn't actually a real thing, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of... Oh, man, it's kind of sad that because she has all the talent that it takes, and yet she was still had to rely on her big ass. I don't think she had to know? rely <laughs> like, on
0: it, though. I think she just used not it. Not
1: rely, but, but put it out there. I don't know if that was... I mean, I'm not saying, you know, do what you want, and like, express yourself and everything, but I'm just saying at least she has... You're right, like she's she's got the talent whereas Kim Kardashian doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. Like what is, she's never done anything like that has expressed yeah. any kind of you know, creativity whatsoever really is she's yeah, and it seems like she's missing the point, whereas J Lo got it where Yeah.
0: I don't know if there were any pop stars, female pop stars, unfortunately in the two thousands that could get away with not being objectified in some way.
1: No, totally not. And here's the
0: song we get a Y Y2 two reference, Y two K reference in, uh, in the video. Mm-hmm. Everything goes dark for a second, and then it comes back. Uh, any memories of Y two K? You were a little older than me. Did you actually? Were you actually concerned?
1: I mean, no. I was kind of joking. I, I just always, I mean, growing up in the '80s, I, you know, the whole Cold War thing. I had always wanted a bomb shelter in our yard. <laughs> like, this <I, laughs> is the one thing I always wanted. So. When Y2K came around, I got, like, really interested in all that kind of stuff again. And I just remember it being, like, it felt like a pandemic or something was happening because people were, like, seriously didn't understand, you know, what was going to happen.
0: No one really knew what technology could be in 2000. It was still this kind of uh, mystery that allowed us to get to things like The Matrix, which probably couldn't exist now. (laughs) No one would have that idea now. Like, that's such a thing that has already come and gone.
1: I don't feel like that's going to come around again for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... But it was literally, like, people literally just did not understand. Mm-hmm. It was, and that alone is just, I think, the scary part, right? Is just not knowing.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's always, I mean, most people who don't like things, it's because fear and they've never experienced it. Like, we generally didn't know what would happen now that computers completely were like the infrastructure of all of our banks and... Yeah, I
1: remember after Y2K seeing stuff like um, Richard Pryor hacking this network in Superman 3. <laughs> 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 and yeah. Being, like, and just being like, oh man, the way like technology was portrayed.
0: I- I'm shocked that they haven't tried to remake Hackers yet, but how the hell would they remake Hackers?
1: Oh, dude, that is like the greatest example of like, when something you can't do you know post y2k and all that What we know about the internet today yeah just having seen that recently
0: so i think this is a pretty good place to call it on this episode we can start flipping over to side b because i think unfortunately in the next couple of tracks we're not gonna have a, too much to say but we'll uh we'll end it on jlo's beautiful booty uh mike where can people right. find you online
1: uh, well, you could definitely find me at cageclub.me, which is the Cage Club Podcast Network flagship website, where you could check out all of our shows there. We also have a webpage on Facebook, so... And you can find me on Twitter as well. Um, you can find my link to Twitter. I'm at The Mikester, or you could just find that on the website as well. And listen to me. Um, we got episodes every Friday of Keanu Club coming out, and... You can also check out all the other great shows on our podcast network, including this one, Now and Again, which was a lot of fun so far. Side A has been a lot of fun.
0: It has, and thank you, uh, Mike. We, uh, you've saved me from doing like half of my normal admin spiel at the end of this. Uh, and we will catch <laughs> back up with you in two weeks when we go to Side B. So that was part one of Now and Again, volume fourth. Thanks again to Mike Manzi of many Cage Club shows for coming in and having a chat with me. Like I said, he did a lot of my admins, so I'll just say you can write into the mailbag at nowandagaincast at gmail.com with your own opinions or stories or memories of any of these songs, and you can follow us on Twitter, at nowagainpodcast. And as always, rate and review on iTunes if you're so inclined. It goes a long way to get us out there, as does you just passing on the show via word of mouth. We will be back again in two weeks with Side B. Until then, we will catch you on the flip side.